as you can see, our scripture this morning is from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 to 16. I think we all consider Isaiah the Christmas So many references. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. And Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals, but you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are fed This is the word of God. Once again, grace and peace to you, beloved. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Many of you know that our oldest daughter, Natalie, underwent a medical procedure in October. It was her sixth in eight years. The first two took place before we met her. The third one took place when she was three. And I remember that day so well because it was a first for me. It was the first time to take our daughter to a hospital and watch her wheeled down a hallway to undergo anesthesia and a procedure and be at the hands of someone who had a very excellent reputation in the medical community, but whom we did not know very well. To sit and to wait and wait and wait until the surgeon came and found us and told us that everything went well until we heard our last name on the announcement system until Someone told us that we could go see her. I remember telling myself to slow down on my way to the recovery room, and I turned the corner and I saw a line of hospital beds separated by curtains, and Natalie swallowed up in a bed with all the blankets, and when she saw me, she began to cry. She was disoriented. She was uncomfortable. She didn't want the apple juice that was being offered to her. She didn't want the jello. She just wanted me. So much to the surprise of the medical staff, I climbed into the bed with her so that my whole body was cradling her. And my arms were wrapped around her. And I said, Mommy's here. You're not alone. Natalie took a deep breath and stopped crying. Her body relaxed. She sipped her juice. We took off the plain brown bandage that was 
covering the IV side and replaced it with one that had Disney princesses on it that I brought from home. She ate some jello, and then we were wheeled into the next stage of recovery together. Many of us know how disorienting it can be to feel alone in our pain. We also know the helplessness of witnessing the pain of others. Sometimes we don't know how to ask people to be present with us, and we don't know how to be present with others. It feels awkward. We typically want to fix the problem or to run away. So often what we need to do is wait. And that's the gift that the season of Advent gives us amid the shopping list and the holiday parties and the school activities and the travel plans and the baking to wait. Slow down to pay attention to not be distracted by the bustle or to ignore our feelings or the needs of others or the suffering in the world. It's a really countercultural practice to set aside four weeks in the busiest time of the year to slow down, to wait with hope for a sign that we are not alone. Now, King Ahaz was not having any of that. He had his hands full of war. Two of his enemies had formed an alliance against him, and things were not looking good for the southern kingdom of Judah. In our text for today that Steve read for us, God tells Ahaz to ask for a sign that he's not alone, that he will prevail, that God is on his side. And Ahaz won't do it. The passage that we read from Isaiah comes to us as a part of our Advent worship series. Let me see here. My playlist is not working. Let's back up and try again. Seems to be frozen, Stuart. Can we get the series slide? There we go. It's a part of our series, once again, Yesterday's Words, Today's Hope. And we've spent the last few weeks connecting passages of our holy text to the gift of Advent, the, th the four gifts. We've studied three so far, including today, reminding ourselves that Advent is a season all on its own. It's the season that precedes Christmas. We talked about hope as an expectant faith that is powerful enough to put an end to war. We talked about love as an action that is powerful enough to restore justice. Last week, with the help of our children, we talked about joy as the ability to celebrate, regardless of our circumstances, that God is at work in our world. Hope, love, and joy, those are the three that we've studied so far, and they bring us to the fourth, peace, and the truth that God is with us. Could we have the sermon slide there? Peace was something that King Ahaz was lacking for sure. As I said before, he found himself in the midst of a nasty war, but that was not the source of his problem. Ahaz was a terrible king. Some would say he was a terrible person. He was a wicked ruler. That's how he goes down in history, a wicked ruler, because he put his own needs ahead of the needs of the people, and he led them astray, away from the worship of God. And ultimately, the chaos of the reign of Ahaz left the southern kingdom of Judah vulnerable 
to the attack of surrounding nations. So at the time that the words of our passage today were spoken by the prophet Isaiah, the kings of Syria and Israel were advancing upon the city of Jerusalem. Ahaz decides to make an unholy alliance with the ruthless king of Assyria to gain protection of that foreign army. And all the while, Isaiah is telling King Ahaz, this strategy will not work. What you need to do is wait. You need to trust in God. You need to trust that God is on your side. Ask me for a sign, God says through the prophet. No, the king says. I cannot put God to the test. It sounds so holy, doesn't it? It sounds actually almost exactly like what Jesus says when he's suffering in the wilderness. And it's possible that Ahaz and Jesus were both quoting the same piece of the law from Deuteronomy, but for opposite reasons. Jesus, in the wilderness, tired, cold, and hungry, was reminding himself that he was not alone in his suffering. He already knew that God was with him. Ahaz, on the other hand, rejected proof that God was with him because he wanted to go it alone. He had a plan, and he did not want to be told that he was wrong. He did not want to be held accountable to God's direction. And so Ahaz dismisses the offer of the sign of God's presence, but God offers one anyway. Therefore, Isaiah says in verse 14 of chapter 7, the Lord will give you a sign. Look, a young woman is with child, and she will bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. The Lord will give you a sign, not a symbol, a sign. And the difference between a symbol and a sign is really important for our understanding and our tradition of the way that God works in the world. A symbol is something that represents something else. It stands in for something else, but it is not the thing itself. A sign is something that clearly points to a present or coming reality. It doesn't just stand in for the thing. It is part of the thing itself. And the most obvious examples I can give you have to do with our sacraments. So in Holy Communion, when we hold up the wafer or the cup like this, when we're tasting the elements, the bread and the juice, we're not just being reminded that God is with us. God is participating in a live, active moment of grace, showing up in a mysterious but real and tangible way. These elements are a sign of God's presence with us. Similarly, in baptism, the water is not just a symbol reminding us that our identity is as children of God. It's a live, active movement of God's spirit in which God is present wrapping us in the identity, in our connection with God and with each other. It is a sign, not just a symbol. We use this same language in marriage with the wedding ring, the unending circle of the ring. It's not just a symbol. It's a sign of God at work in the lives of a couple every day. 
binding them together. Signs contain power that illustrate God at work in that very moment. And Ahaz couldn't be bothered with that power because he was after power of his own. But that didn't stop God from giving the people a sign, a sign that has become familiar to us, a sign that is the refrain for this time of year. The young woman is with child, and she shall bear a son, and she shall call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Don't get tripped up with the E or the I. It's just a difference in the spelling and the languages. It's the same name, Emmanuel, God with us. It is a significant statement. We are not alone. God is with us in our suffering and in our healing. That is the message of the Easter story, right? The crucifixion, the tomb, but the death and the resurrection of Jesus cannot happen without his birth. In the Christmas story, God in human form climbed right up into our hospital bed, cradled us, surrounded us with love, bandaged our wounds, and whispered to us, I'm here. You're not alone. The signs don't get clearer than that. So every year, every day, we have a choice. We can choose, like Ahaz, to reject the signs of God's presence with us and to forge our way through the challenge and through the despair, or we can look up. We can look around. We can see and experience the suffering, but still manage to find peace because God is with us. God does not sit idly by while we suffer Our God enters into the suffering with us, gets into the mess, into the literal muck and the manure that we celebrate at this time of year and spends a lifetime and eternity loving us, willing our good, working for our freedom to a person. And in being with us in this way, our God models for us how to be present with each other. The good news is we're human just as Jesus was. Yes, he's divine. We are human just as Jesus was. So we have the capacity to be with each other in real and tangible and human ways just as he was, using these human bodies of ours. Can we have the signs of presence? It sounds really simple, but with some mindfulness, a soothing voice, a caring touch, direct eye contact, open body language, and a willingness to sit still in silence with each other can do wonders for our humanity. Did you know that voices of people that we trust can literally lower our heart rate? That's why people call their moms when they're stressed out no matter how old they are. Human beings need at least eight meaningful touches a day, physical touches a day to thrive. Of any age, human beings of any age, not just babies, not just children, need eight physical touches a day to thrive. Direct eye contact increases the brain's ability to process information. Our body language has a direct link to our emotional state and affects the emotional state of others. 
Silence can actually repair neural pathways in our brain and increase bonds between people. These seemingly small actions are good for us in our body and in our soul, and they offer us connection with each other. They serve as signs. They are signs that we are not alone, and that truth can bring us peace. It's worth thinking about on this fourth Sunday of Advent as we have added the shepherds to the nativity, and we reflect on this message that they received from the angels, the sign, the sign that King Ahaz rejected, the sign that foreign kings would travel the distance to see, to see the newborn swaddled in a manger. We're making our way on a similar journey. That's why we have these paper nativities. I hope you have yours with you. If you don't, it's okay. You can get it at home throughout the week, or you can pick a new one up. Kathy actually has some available if you want one right now. We're going to practice some mindfulness. So if you'd like one of the cards now, you're welcome to take one, or you can look on the screen as well. We have them available online too. So I want to invite you right now to get comfortable if you can. To take a deep breath. Open your body language, if you can do that. Hold the card where you can see it, look at the screen, or close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing that. Take another deep breath. And keep breathing deeply and slowly. Now be honest within yourself about what you need God to do for you this season. That's hope. Now think about what others in your life need you to do for them. That's love. Now reflect upon the reasons to celebrate the good in the world. That's joy. Then let these meditations upon hope, love, and joy lead you to a place of peace. Peace is a trust that we are not alone. Trust that God is with us. If your eyes are closed, consider opening them and looking around. around. We're not alone. We have each other, and God is with us. God is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
men. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be present with each other. We thank you for this human experience, which does invite us to slow down and to show up for one another, to support one another, to walk with each other in times of suffering and in times of healing. May we be agents of that healing in our own lives, in the lives of people that we love, and lives of people we will never meet. By the power of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus the Christ, amen.